0: The Power of Synergy. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona, and today I decided to do my show outdoors. Yes, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and yes, it is 115,000 degrees. I'm sorry, but I'm okay in dry heat. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay in 115 degrees, but as long as I'm in shade, I'm actually at the Phoenix Zoo right now, and I have a little bit of a, a scenery behind me. There's a lake where people come to fish. And I thought, you know what? Even though you're going to hear planes over me uh, you know, once in a while, then it's okay because what I'm going to be talking about today is something very important to me. It's something very synergetic and it's very organic and it's very personally. I'm going to try not to get emotional. Very special to me. I'm going to be talking about children today. Yeah, there's going to be children here playing with their families. They're going to be going to the zoo. I've noticed something in the last week since I've been recovering from COVID, by the way, thank you to my viewers and listeners for being patient with me. It took me a while just to get re-engaged from being withdrawn from society. Again, I have to get this going. I want to do this in a healthful and very positive way. And all I kept thinking about the whole time that I was forced to be isolated was, I want to be with my babies. The reason I never get sick is because I'm always with them, not necessarily physically interacting with them, but being healthfully interactive. And yeah, I call them a lot. I text them a lot. I Zoom them sometimes because they're 1,400 miles away, but my children are a huge part of who I am. And what I've noticed too, recently, fairly recently here in Phoenix is there are a lot of people who are very negative with their children and they're very, um, they're cruel and abusive. I, I trying to think of a more politically correct or socially graceful way to say it, No, yeah, no, they're abusive and they're mean. And there's a part of me that wants to just say, you know what, if you don't do stop doing that, I'm going to take your kid away from you. You don't deserve to have this amazing person in your life. But I thought, no, (laughs) instead of doing that, I'm just going to tell my listeners, my viewers about what you do with kids and how you do it. And Why, after 28 years, my oldest is not a baby anymore, but he's still my baby. Um, You need to do what's good with them, for them, to them. You're going to have really amazing people in your life as adults. Okay, I'm starting to get emotional now. So I'm going to go to my first story. Um, I really was always told things by women, adult women in my life, about kids, what they are and what they do. First of all, they are gonna make you fat. Pregnancy makes you fat, okay? So when I got my, hey, positive, you're pregnant, test results back, the first thing I thought was, that's it, I'm not gonna be gorgeous anymore. I was a dancer and I wanted to be beautiful. We've got a little family, they were taking pictures walking by. Okay, so I thought, well, great, that's it. So my body's over, I'm only 18 and and now my husband's not gonna love me anymore. That's not true, okay? I, I breastfed and the weight came off. I kept walking, okay? And I was running after him all the time. The weight came off. <clears throat> and then they're very expensive. You're, you're never going to have any money left. Well, actually, the only extra thing kids need is food and diapers and clothes. People were throwing clothes at me. I didn't have to buy clothes. Breastfeeding is free. Um, yeah, diapers, there's community places if you can't afford it. They'll give you diapers. Um, <clears throat> as they grew up, you know what? They're actually pretty low maintenance because they're not very demanding people. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. But you're not going to really have a relationship with your husband anymore because your time and attention is totally and completely going to be focused on them. So your marriage is over. No, actually, <laughs> um, you keep them occupied doing certain things. They're pretty low maintenance as people as long as they are stimulated and content. And they know that when you are doing stuff that you love with the person in your life that you love, men are low maintenance, men are fine, just take care of them and do certain things with them. Okay. Kids are, kids are pretty cool and they're pretty independent. Let them be independent. What an idea. So my first pregnancy. Okay. What am I going to do now as a mother? What am I going to do? Okay. Well, time to give birth. Sitting there nine months, okay. Yeah, sitting there in the, the delivery room. And they said, okay, you're fully your effaced, you're fully dilated, he's down in the birth canal. When you feel the urge, you start pushing. <clears throat> okay. Sitting there in the bed, for the urge. What, what urge? And how do you push? No one ever actually told me how to push. So I'm like, Hmm. Hey, I saw a picture. I saw a picture once. There was a lady standing up. She was she was pushing, standing up. I thought, hey, I'm gonna get gravity to work with me, right, for me. So I thought, okay, I need to stand up. But I had a midwife because I have an epilepsy epilepsy condition. I had my my MD, I had my husband, and I had a nurse. I had four people there in the room with me. I'm sitting here going, now oh, you know what I'm standing up. So I got up. I got up. And my husband goes, well, 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 honey, honey, where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> you haven't had the baby yet. He looks at the doctor and he goes, is she going nuts? D- does his pregnancy make women go nuts? I, and he said, no, well, what you doing? And I said, I, I want to stand up. i want to do this standing up. I, I have a right to do that, right? I've gone through this whole thing with no medication, no painkiller of any kind. I can do this. And then my wife says, actually, that, that picture you saw in the office, you need to squat down, all the way squat down, like in a catcher position. So. I, I said, okay. And then I'm thinking I'm going to push him out. I'm going to, well, whatever, whatever. I'm just going to do what she says, right? Follow what she says. Okay. So sitting there, sitting in the squat position. So the bearing down thing again, what's that? And the, the doctor said, okay, you're going to feel that a feeling. It's like an urge, like going to the bathroom. When you, when you feel it, you go ahead and just start pushing. You work with your body. And I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting there waiting for the urge. I said, so. I'm going to feel, and the urge came over me. I had never, ever felt like this going to the bathroom, but it was powerful, and I pushed and pushed, and then the midwife said, okay, stop, 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 you're only supposed to push for a few seconds, So, you know, 30 seconds, whatever. I pushed for over a minute, but I couldn't stop. My body wouldn't stop me, so I was, after pushing... And they said, okay, you, can, you can't do that again. You can't do that. And I said, I couldn't, I couldn't help, but I tried to stop. I go, and my body pushed again. And, and his head came out. His head started to actually come out. And I was like, okay. So I walked back over to the bed. His head partially out. I got back into the bed. I pushed two more times. And he was out. He was, he was there. and He was crying. And I was like, whoa, what, what is this? Oh my god i have this i have this little person in me out I, oh and he started crying and i said what do i do what do i do no one ever told me do it what do we do with the crying thing and they said okay well he's probably hungry so go ahead and just latch him on and you can go ahead and breastfeed and we'll talk to you as." and as i put him on and he fit and he seemed to like what was coming out and i was like wow i completely ignored what everyone else said and i said wow this is a person he's like, oh my gosh, I've never, okay, <clears throat> I think I love him, I don't. I've, and this isn't love like my parents or like my husband or like my neighbor that I secretly don't like, this is, this is a place inside of me that I didn't know about, okay, well, maybe, maybe this isn't so bad after all, I don't know, I'm, I think I'm going to take all these other things that everyone else said with a grain of salt, so as he, you know, grew up and I thought okay I don't know what to do you know what I don't know what to do he's weird he's very different I've, I have um and okay so I actually decided that I was gonna profile him I was told I was told that babies are actually born with a personality we're all born with a personality well I knew that because I knew my personality I knew my husband's personality friends and family yeah I did that because that helped me relate to them better so I thought okay I'm gonna watch him and see he's an extrovert Okay. That's okay. I still love him. He's sensory. He's a feeler. He's a judger. I'm an NTP. He's an ESFJ. Okay. You know what? I That's it. I got to have this book here on how to deal with ESFJs. Well, you know what? The different things that he did over the years, the first thing he did that just made me go, wow. He said, when he found out I was pregnant with his brother, he said, mommy, I want to read to the baby because I would read to him. We had a great storybook. And I said, Okay. Okay. And I'm thinking, okay, he needs to. <laughs> he doesn't know how to read, but that's okay. We're just gonna let him read. I'm gonna let him do what he wants. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna study him because I still don't know him. I still don't get him. So as I was, you know, got my stomachs there was looking and he grabbed his book that he loved. And he, well, I'd read some stories to him so many times he knew them actually by heart. And he, he read some of them kind of just from memory but then there were other pictures that apparently he had seen before going through the book and he started making pictures into stories. And I was like, wow, some of the thoughts that are in his mind about these pictures, what they mean, what the people in the pictures mean, who they are, I, I just let him, you know, there, there were a couple of times when he said things that weren't really accurate. And I thought, okay, I, it behooves me to let him know what this story is actually about when it's an important one, in my opinion. Um, yeah, well, one day I could feel his brother actually turning inside of me and I went, "Oh, this is so cool. But I didn't want to interrupt him, right? Because he was reading. And uh, I said, okay, yeah, you know what, honey, go ahead, read another story. And he went to the next one. My, my stomach, you could actually see my stomach. It looked like there was a little bump in it. And I said, I think that's your brother kicking. That's so cool. I didn't know babies could be so active inside of you. And and so I said, you know what, honey, this is going to be our thing. you are going to read to your brother. I think you have a better voice than I do. One day, my husband comes home from work, and we're having our special quality bonding time with the baby. And my husband says in Spanish, because we didn't really speak Spanish at home. We spoke English. He said to me, um, does our son know that he doesn't know how to read? And I said, don't say that. Then he'll stop. Of course, he knows how to read in okay. Spanish. I was like, okay, this is very good. His brother came out eight pounds, eleven and a half ounces. My first one was only six, fourteen ounces, six pounds, 14 ounces. He wasn't even seven pounds. His brother was two pounds bigger than he was. And I'm like, wow, I pushed my first one out with two, three pushes, yeah, no, this one, okay. And and I needed to be sewn up. Um, I, I saw him as an almost nine pound baby, about eight pounds of it was head. <laughs> okay. And they put him on the, the bed next to my bed and, and uh, they were doing testing on him and he wasn't responding and he wasn't responding. And I was very concerned and I was like, don't you dare do anything synthetic or chemical or um, surgery with my baby. That's my baby. And they were like, ma'am, okay, we're going to take care of this child. And I said, no, it's my baby. Okay. I get to decide what happens with my, well, apparently his brother was waiting. Okay. He was waiting on the other side of the door and he was tired of waiting. And then he heard, he heard people talking. He Urged into the room. He ran. He goes, Where's my baby? Where's my baby? My son, fresh out of the oven, lifted up his head and looked around, dropped his head. And I went, Whoa, 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 whoa. He just lifted his head. And the doctor was like, Ma'am, I understand you really want that to happen. I said, No, you don't understand. He just lifted up his head, which was two thirds of his body weight. Okay. I said, "Flaco, do that again. Say that again. Talk to the baby. Stand." And they're like, he can't be in here. I said, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to leave if you don't stand back, okay? Let my baby talk to his baby. And he he said it again. The kid lifted up his head again, and the doctors were like, wow. I said, yeah, I, I'm beginning to believe more and more that medical professionals, they're you're some of the dumbest people on the planet. I looked at my husband, and he said, okay, honey, <laughs> we're just going to let the doctor to take care of our kid. I said, no, I like the midwife. I'm going to go to a pediatrician. Let's get the hell out of here. I said, okay. So yeah, that's my, my first one and my second one are growing up and they're becoming people. My ESFJ for a first one, I profiled the second one. He was an ISTP, much more like me. The only difference is I'm intuitive. He's sensory. Well, <clears throat> as my other one is, is you know, growing up, my, my oldest basically is telling me, mom, I, I I got, I got this covered. I'm I'm doing really well with my baby now. And I said, okay, well, I have another baby. So I'm going to go ahead and Take care of her, and and he said, no, she's she's my baby. And my second son said, no, she's my baby. She's she's my baby. Well, I'll I'll change her diaper. No, I'll I'll change her clothes. No, I'll be, and I said, I interrupted. I said, you guys, are you gonna are you gonna let me in on this process? You know, I, I I am the mother after all. And they both looked at me and just said, mom, we got we got this covered. We'll let you know when we need you. And I said, wow, I I really do suck at the cooking and the cleaning and bathing you guys and doing all the the logistic of a mother stuff and they said yeah we know you try mom but you're really bad at it my oldest at this point was four and a half and my other one was two two years old when my daughter came out and I said okay so I'm just gonna do the logistics of the you know, mother job, but I liked them as people. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep interacting with them, relating to them like people. And I did speak to them like adults because I didn't know how to talk baby talk. It sounded retarded to me. And I got a lot of flack for what I did as a very unconventional mother. Well then my, my oldest had a younger brother and a younger sister. Well my mom my oldest was her first grandson and she took him out, and she bought him things, and she did things with him, and and my oldest came to me one day, and he said, mom, I'm really not comfortable with the fact that Nana takes me, but not Nick or or Anya, and I said, honey, I I know, but three kids is a lot of work, man, just the two of you boys was too much for me, you can't, you can't expect her to take all three of you all the time, and he said, yeah, I do, and I went, wow, (laughs) okay, that's kind of cool you're six years old and you've just made a decision about your life that's kind of fabulous and so I said okay honey if you want to go ahead and and let Nana know that you feel that way maybe you can talk it out. we can see what she says I remember he's an ESFJ okay look it up google it I'm not going to talk about it today we'll talk about it next next time next week <laughs> and he said to her one day he got this very serious look on his face and he said Nana I need to talk to you and she's like oh, okay sweetheart what's up I I absolutely will listen to whatever you have to say because she was absolutely enamored of him he was an amazing person just as a, as a person and he said okay you know what I want you to take my brother and sister with me and she said oh okay, well, I can take them one at a time. How about if I I just come get you less and I come get them more? He said, no, no, we're a package deal. It's all of us or none of us. My God, he was serious. I thought thought he was going to, I thought he was going to, you know, negotiate or just express his feelings. I mean, he was strong and confident and direct and honest. And I went, I didn't know what to say. I, didn't, I literally had nothing to say. And my mother looked at me and I went. And she said, well, then I guess it's none of you. And she walked away. She actually thought I told him to say that. Well, obviously, because how many kids at that age would give their grandparent an ultimatum? She walked out and I went, honey, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry she said that. He said, no, that's fine. If she doesn't want them. She doesn't get me. And he went back into his room and I went, wow okay <clears throat> oh, so who wants dinner <laughs> and I was like damn I want to be like this kid he he wasn't inappropriate he wasn't moody he wasn't disrespectful wow and as he grew up and his brother and sister grew up and I'm going to talk about them next I was just like wow this kid is he's an amazing man and I, I really like who he is well as a teenager well you know teenagers they're obnoxious and they're rude and they're spoiled and <clears throat> okay well I started my practice as a relationship coach when my oldest was 12 11 12 and uh, he was telling his friends hey yeah my mom's a shrink my mom's a shrink and one of my favorite stories to tell people is say, yeah, honey you gotta you gotta stop telling people that a coach I teach people about good things I don't try and fix what's wrong I I was selling him on. Well, I'm not a shrink. I am a relationship coach at this time. I was a life coach, and, and one day he just turns around, and he looks, and he goes, "Mother, you are the worst kind of shrink. You're a shrink in denial." And I went, "Oh my god, that was such a cool thing for him to say." My heart started laughing, and I, in my side, I thought, "I think you're actually my favorite right now. <laughs> I've never had a favorite child." I think right now you just became my favorite. Okay, okay. Then his brother and sister walked in. I'm like, okay, no, no, never mind. That was just a really cool thing for you to say. And I thought, yeah, you know, as teenagers, yeah, they're honest. Sometimes they're brutal, but if you appreciate who they are as people, it's not that bad. And here's the deal: if your energy around them is good, they're good people. They will do good things to impress you. Okay. keep this in mind i'm going to come back at the end talk about an esfj as a person but as a kid wow they're they're strong and confident and generous and they have a lot of virtue okay now my second son the one that was ginormous in me and very active before he came out and he lifted up his head when his brother was around okay ISTP. I got that at six months. Okay. ISTP. That is my husband, the troublemaker, introverted. So everything bad that a child can be that you, that you hear about, that you see about, that you read about. Yeah. Yeah. This was his, his kid. Okay. But let me tell you some of the great stories about this one. <clears throat> okay. You know what? Um, as a kid, as a little rebel. Yeah. He would do things that were not appropriate, but I understood that as an SP, he needed to do things in order to learn, but he had his brother keeping him pretty good in check. Okay, so that I, and, and I tried to keep him good, you know, busy with good things, healthy things. Well, he saw a fire, he saw fire. Well, of course, my husband, we were, we were in Arizona and we were doing a lot of things outdoors. He wanted to play with matches. Well, obviously you don't play with matches, but I, I read about ISTPs and I thought, you know what? He does need to he does need to play with matches. If I don't if I don't be with him while he plays with matches, then he's gonna do it on his own as an introvert on the down low. He's very good at getting things happening, things, doing things on the down low. Okay. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna teach him how to like the matches and we're going to burn a few things, and I'm going to teach him the principles, because he's an introverted thinker, so yeah, at age two, three, four, yeah, I really did have him understanding and appreciating things, not just tangibly, but intellectually, he was a very smart kid, okay, well, but one day, my mother-in-law was in my home, and she was hurting me emotionally, and she was undermining me physically she was doing things she was very upset with what was going on and uh I I couldn't get I couldn't get into it with her I wasn't going to fight with her in front of the kids she kept you know what I'm going to withdraw My the kids they understood they understood that sometimes I needed to withdraw at this time they were seven and five and three okay so I just said to the kids look you know what mommy needs a time out so I went in the bathroom and I was like okay I need to pray." Some breathing exercises that I do. All of a sudden, I heard a scream. My mother-in-law was screaming, and I went, "Oh my God!" So I opened up the, I opened up the door. I ran out into the, the, the kitchen. I'm like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And she had this glare. I was looking at my kid and looking at me. I looked at my daughter and went, what? And, and I looked, and then I looked at, at my five-year-old. And he had this kind of look in his eyes, like it's okay, mom. I took care of her. And I said, "What happened?" Apparently, he had one of the matches you know out of the big box um, matches construction matches and he put it on her leg and she screamed and he threw the match away and I went wow the fact is he understands the principle of you know heat and skin fire and burning and he said it's okay mom I took care of her for you and I said okay she's not going to speak to me for the rest of the night is she and he goes, that's the idea. And I went, wow, he really does love me. We just need to now teach him about the concept of behavior and what's appropriate. Because, you know, daddy's going to be mad at me now. He said, that's okay. Because you know that she needed to stop and she wasn't going to stop. And I said, thank you, sweetheart. This is the kind of kid who played with fire. And <clears throat> he did bad things, <laughs> but for a good reason you know what, he, he had kind of a, a quick sense of humor too. Um, there was a joke that he learned one day in school, um, or I don't know, maybe some friends they went to school with, that's what she said. It was kind of tacky because basically it was a sex joke. And so it was sometimes when people would say something in conversation that it was like, um, uh, like, wow, that's gonna be really long and hard. He would look at me and go, that's what she said. And I'd be like, yes, yeah. he's like, that's okay, I'll just do TWSS. It'll be kind of our inside joke. And so periodically going, you know, getting older, he he would see that I was having a hard time during the day and, and he would take care of me just by making the, the joke, TWSS, walking by me, was our inside joke. And I was like, you know what? I really like that he wants to connect with me but it was private and it was special. And that he's also the kind of kid who I'm going to tell this great story. We were at the store one day. And again, just as a little rebel, he just wanted to rebel and he wanted to experience everything that life was about. He was grabbing things and touching things. He didn't want them. He just wanted to. And I said, okay, honey, honey, stop, stop. Don't, don't touch that. Don't touch that. And so I'd be going shopping and, and he said, and I'm like, don't touch that. And I didn't. I never used corporal punishment. I never hit my kid, but I could get pretty forceful when I would re- remove them from a situation, when I would talk, and when I would give them punitive consequences for what they did. But I would always explain it. Well, I said, "Don't touch that. Don't touch that." And I said, so I sat there and I pretended like I was doing something, and I, I saw his was getting removed. and I said, "Don't even think about it." As he was just literally inches away, and he goes, "What?" I'm thinking about it. And I went, oh my God, that was actually kind of cool. I thought that was kind of cool because it was like, you know what? Fine, I will obey you, but you can't control my thoughts. You can't force my feelings. And I thought kind of in a way that that means I'm doing a good job as a mother because he was only six years old when he was doing that and it's like, yeah. Or maybe, no, actually, he was, I think he was three. Sorry, I, I got it confused with another story. That, um, yeah, he was only three when he was doing that. And he was like, you know what? Forget it. You can stop what I'm doing, but you can't stop what I'm thinking and feeling. I thought, okay, this kid, he's going to be smart in life. That means it could be good or bad. Well, we'll see what happens when it comes to fruition. Okay, well, you know what? Good and bad. Yeah, he did and was both. one of the the stories that I really like to tell too is that when he was growing up and about the age of 10 he was as tall tall taller than me He, he would still sit on me you know when he was my my size and he put his arms and legs around me and I took pictures of him and it looked actually when we were sitting down and we were holding each other he actually looked bigger than me and so when I said yeah there's there's times that I really do just want to have fun with you and I want to be physical with you and I don't care what everyone else thinks we don't care what other people think you and I have our own connection we have our own specialness and so one day in in the store I believe he was 17 maybe 18 and he was he was kissing me and tickling me and we were making jokes little inside jokes and we were standing in line at the grocery store and there was someone behind us and said you two are so cute, you're such a great couple. How long have you been together? And I went, oh my God, first of all, I took that as a compliment because it meant that I looked young. That's what that meant. The fact that it was incestuous, they didn't know he was my kid, so it was okay. Um, And as they said, how long have you two been a couple? I said, actually, um, he's my son. (laughs) And uh, he turns around, he goes, yeah, my mom's hot, huh? And they they kind of started laughing like, "Yeah, actually she is she's gorgeous. He said, "I know, and she's a really great person, too. I went, "Wow, you know what? It means a lot to me that as young adults, my kids are interactive with me and they like me and they do respect me, and they're very good people. They're becoming good people. how can you how can you put a price on that? You can't. I really do think that the way that We related to each other as people. One of my favorite lines in a show ever was Roseanne when she said, I think it was, she was talking to the, the principal. Yes, the principal. And she said, you know what? No matter what you do as parents, kids are gonna do what they're gonna do. They're like people that way. Yeah, kids are just people. What would you want? How would you wanna be treated? Well then treat your kid that way. Treat them with dignity and honor and respect and answer their questions. With actual answers, not because I said so. They really do want to know. Okay, so my second one, my problem child. Yeah, we still have that. The, the really great part, though, about the TWSS thing is <clears throat> then there were times when he would, you know, look at me, and I would know that he was thinking, and you know what I'm thinking, but I know you, you know what I know that you're thinking, and, and we had that kind of little mind I couldn't have that with my other kids because they're both feeling judgers. This one was a thinking perceiver. okay, And I did know that was a good thing. Otherwise, he probably would have given me much more of a run for my money. My daughter. Yeah, she's an ENFJ. And when she came out and the boys were fighting over her, she was nothing like the boys. And I thought, okay, (sighs) I got two boys fighting over her. And I got me all thumbs and I'm busy because I'm constantly taking care of these two boys. How in the world am I going to factor in another one? Honey, it doesn't go from this to this when you have to. It goes from this to this. Okay. It doesn't go from this to this when you have to. It goes from this to this. Okay. Because they need your time and they need your attention and they need your focus. So you're physically doing a lot of things, but emotionally you have to be there for them. And I thought, okay, <clears throat> so one of my favorite stories of all time, simply because I still have the picture, I'm not going to show it out of respect for, for her. Okay, I only show it to, to people that she's comfortable with me showing it to. Um, one day, our kids got head lice. You know what? In Phoenix, that's a common occurrence. I didn't know what to do. What in the world do you do with the head lice? I remember when I got it, my mom was picking it in my head, and I didn't want really to deal with that. At their head. My husband can do it because he's a great husband, father when it comes to the menial and the labor stuff. He would do a lot of that for me. Well, you know what? My husband, very Mexican, very you just get rid of the whole problem. Let's just go ahead and shave their heads. And I thought, I look like they have cancer. You actually, or or we put them in the military. Are you insane? I'm not gonna shave my kids bald. He said, honey go to school tomorrow. You see all of them. They're all bald. They're all going to be bald. A lot of them were. And so I was like, okay, okay. You know what? And my boys are cool. My boys are cool. They could pull off that, that, you know, attitude. Look, well, my daughter. Okay. I may I first just start off by saying my husband is very attractive. I think I'm pretty attractive. We mixed. When my daughter came out, she was absolutely breathtaking. And I was like, wow, you're so beautiful so beautiful and i'm like she said i want to be bold too i want to be beautiful i said neha honey you can't, you are so beautiful let's just take the time to do the work to keep your hair and your your beauty and she said no i want to be bald she was only 5 at the time or six i'm sorry six six at the time that's so why i got confused with the other stories okay so she was 6 and and i said honey look you're you're a girl okay We're not going to shave you, boss. She said, I am not. And I went, oh my God, I made a mistake letting my brother, her brothers, my sons take care of her. I said, honey, I can show you anatomically where you're not like your brothers. I can show you at school the girls tomorrow. She did kind of dress like a boy. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize. She got the construction paper scissors, locked herself in the bathroom. And I was like, oh man, is there anything in there that she could actually cut? She was laughing, laughter, heart, gut, laughter. And I pounded on the door. I said, what are, what are you doing in there? Open that, open that door. She had construction paper scissors and she was taking in a little bit at a time. each Nine different lengths of hair. And she just grinned and said, I am beautiful. She, she handed me the scissors and I went, I can't believe what, you, you have your school picture tomorrow. I said, and I don't. We don't have time to make an appointment at the at the salon, and and I don't know how to fix all this. I said to my husband, I said, what are we going to do? He said, you know what? Where I come from, she's going to school, and she she's taking that picture, and she, and kids are going to laugh at her. She's going to learn, and kids are going to laugh, and she's going to see. And you and I was like, that's so old school, punitive. <laughs> all right, fine. And she said, good. I'm beautiful. And I said, honey, actually, you kind of are, <laughs> you know, because you're happy and you got a beautiful face, your hair, it's a style we will come in. So don't worry about it. We'll figure it out tomorrow. I said, yeah, it's just one school picture. We'll just, we'll, we'll just never get it. We'll never have it t- taken. I don't know. What's for dinner? She went to school the next day. And she walked out the door with a bigger smile on her face than I'd ever seen before, and the kids were like, "Wow, you look so good. Where did you get your hair done?" And she goes, "I cut my own hair." And I went, "Oh man, this thing's biting me in the butt." So I got a school picture taken, and I said, "You know what? you, you want to leave your hairdo hair like that?" She <laughs> because we didn't have the, the negative effects and consequences socially, that we thought it would, got her school picture back, she was beautiful, and I show it to people, and they're like, wow, (laughs) in the 80s, you know, that, that, or even the 90s, that would have been a very cool hairstyle, and I'm like, I know, I know, she's beautiful, and she's really, she's got an intuition about beauty, that transcends things like physical appearance. Because yeah, again, as a mom, I didn't always dress my kids in an impressive way. I didn't always take them impressive places. I didn't feed them the best food. I did the best that I could. Yeah, and you know what, it was good enough for them. And they were very content to accept the best that I did. With their dad, it was something. With their grandmother, it was something. With the people in our community, it was something in our congregation the relationship I had with them was amazing. Another story I love to tell people about my daughter. Again, I have a seizure disorder, but I have an ability to kind of stop the seizures, to prevent them from happening in the first place. And sometimes even when they start to stop them, I went to a a lady who uses very um, progressive techniques about breathing and energy and pressure and focus and all this good stuff basically using the power of the mind and she said now there's this technique that you use you put this here okay. you put a hand here close your eyes the person that, that's holding and pressing I close my eyes and they breathe with me I have to follow the breath of the person and that person has to feel me and I feel that and we get that in sync. And then when that person feels that, that that energy that I had has gone away, they tell me to open my eyes. Okay, yeah. And it stopped the seizure, it actually stopped the seizure. I went, wow, this is so cool. She's the person I go to, even as an adult. She's the person that I go to when I say, look, I got stuff going on, you're an ENFJ, I profiled her, I'm like, wow. She's three letters different from me. We got the one, the intuition, that's the same. And so I would say to her as, as she was growing up, as I was raising her, I'd be like, wow, honey, that's why you could give yourself a haircut and be beautiful. You could heal me on a very organic level stop a, a grandma's seizure I want to be like you when I grow up and she just said mom you're never gonna grow up and that's okay I still love you and I'm like god wow yes she was a problem child in sometimes let me tell you a story when she was a problem child we were at a restaurant and yes my husband and I we had a very um carnal marriage yes we we did like to be together a lot um, and our kids knew it and I told the kids look you know what mom and dad we need to take care of each other we're going to the bedroom trust me you're going to like it when we're done we're going to be better people for you when we come out well the boys they had a way they were teaching the girl apparently they had an expression okay to let it was code to let them know well okay mom and dad are going at it yep in in a good way (laughs) (laughs) one day we were at a restaurant with our congregation elders and their wives, and they said to my daughter, you know what, Anya, you are turning out to be such an amazing woman. We really like who you are, quite the young lady. I believe she was seven at this time, okay? And she said, well, thank you very much. My brothers have raised me very well. And she kept eating, and they were just kind of chuckling, going, she said, And so one of the elders' wives, she was she was more confident, she was more um, shall we say, extroverted. Okay, said, Well, did your mom and dad help your brothers? And uh she put her fork down and she said, looked directly at her and said, Yes. Technically, they are there, they're there most of the time, but if they didn't spend so much time in their bedroom talking, then my brothers wouldn't have to do their job for them. went back to eating the whole table busts out laughing and my husband just wanted to die I know he wanted to die but he didn't know what to say and and all I could say was well a few of those times we did talk (laughs) we were dirty talking (laughs) oh my god and I just went honey how long have you known that mommy and dad do that and she's like forever and I said wow you guys and we're and yeah, and they all three looked at us and go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Other parents would have been angry about that. I actually thought it was pretty fabulous. I thought it was cool. So we've got the, the trick that she did, the haircut that she gave herself, the, the joke that she made that wasn't even meant to be a joke. It was just the real honest truth. Well, my daughter, she's an amazing woman. I I know even as an adult, she's someone that I go to for those kinds of things. I even say to her, honey, you know how to make people beautiful. Can you make me beautiful? I have jewelry, I have clothes, I have makeup. Make me beautiful. Yeah, she made me beautiful for pictures, for modeling that I had to do, for presentations. Well, one day, and this is one of my favorite stories to tell in my life. One day I was in the kitchen I was sitting here thinking, you know what? I've got a bill I have to pay. This is a really important bill. It's my phone bill. If I don't, if I don't pay my phone bill, I can't do my work. I can't talk to my, my kids, my husband. He needed his phone for his work too. And I thought, but you know what? I have some community service with my congregation, some very important friends in my congregation that I want to do in the early morning. And this is important to me, but I have to pay this bill. I got a job offer for uh, a little bit over, just a little bit over what I needed to pay the phone bill. But the only time I could do it was at the time when I was scheduled to go out with my friends to do this community service. Oh man, what do I do? What do, I do? So I'm sitting there in the kitchen kind of, I'm doing the dishes and you know, thinking about what to do for dinner. And I'm like, I really don't wanna cook dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to pray, but I can't really, cause I'm like, my daughter walks into the kitchen. She goes, "What in the world is going on here?" And I said, I'm, "I really don't want to do the dishes, and I'm, you know, trying to cook. Do, do you want dinner? What do we want for dinner tonight?" And she said, "What's really going on? I can feel you through two walls. Okay, I can feel you. You're giving me an ulcer now. Tell me the truth." And I went, "Okay, I really want to go out with my brothers tomorrow to do some service, but..." I really do need to pay the bill. And I don't want you to give me your money because at this point she was working and she could have, she could have loaned me the money. I could have asked people for money. And I said, I just, I I really kind of want to go out with my friends, but I, I almost feel like being with them would be selfish, (laughs) even though it's community service. I think I want to be with them more than they want to be with me. And then I was thinking, you know, but if I, I need the money, I can go to work and maybe we could do it later in the day. I really need to trust in God, but, you know, putting spiritual things First, but spiritual things is my financial. And she goes, Mom, you're giving me the ulcer. Let's get out of here. We're going for a walk. I said, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Let me get my shoes on. It's cold and it's dark outside, but at least it's not raining. You know what? Let's go ahead and let's go out for a walk. And so she said, okay, now that we're out, we're on the street. Go ahead and tell me what's going on. And I said, Well, I did. I kind of told you I I really want to do the right thing, but they really do both seem equally right to me. And she said, okay, um, you need to pray. And I said, I do, I really do. But I'm trying to like pray. I said, I need to do it out loud. And she said, okay, you can do that with me. And I said, really? I said, but I kind of want to do it in Spanish. And she goes, all right, all right. Yeah, you can. And I said, but we're coming up to a coffee shop up here. Can I hold you? I I don't want to be walking when I do it. Can I hold you while I pray in Spanish out loud? And she said, yeah, you're a mess. You need to get the recenter. And It's like, even the Olga trick won't work on you right now. And I said, okay, that really means a lot to me that you said that you're going to let me because she does not like to make a scene. She does not like to make a scene for undue attention. And so I, so this is part of the reason why I saved this story for last. I said, okay, honey, thank you. And so I sat down with her. We sat at kind of a table. And she was across from me and I held her hands and I was just like everything that was inside of me, I completely dumped it out. And when I was done, I said, amen. And I opened my eyes and I looked at her. And she goes, you know what you need to do, huh? I said, yeah, I need to go out with my friends. I need to do service for God. And I need to, I need to trust him. And you know what I do? Keep seeking first the kingdom and these things will come to you. She goes, yeah, excellent. You know what? I'm so proud of you. I'm going to, I'm going to buy you dinner. We're going to walk home. Yeah. Forget it. I don't even want to cook. I don't even feel like cooking. I'm so proud of myself for this. And she said, okay. So as we're walking back on the sidewalk, it's dark and it's starting to rain. And I'm like, how poetic is this? The rain and the dark. And, and I saw up on the sidewalk, I was like, do you see that? Do, Do you see what that is? she goes it's like money to me i said i know right is that, is, that, is that money and and it was like in a place on the sidewalk that it wasn't in front of anybody's house there was no wallet there was there was no person i'm like uh, somebody dropped this money so i picked it up it was a wad about this thick. i'm not even close to kidding it was ones and fives 100 200 300 400 $500, 600 700, 800, 816 in cash. I went, oh my God, do you know what this means? <laughs> she said, yeah, we're going supersized. And I put my arms around her and I'm like, you know what, honey? I don't deserve you. I know I don't. She said, yeah, mom you're actually not as bad as you think. And I was like, do you know that, do you understand that for my kids to approve of me and to want to be in my life as they're growing up and as adults, yeah. My thought was, yeah, this will pay the bill, but I'll also be able to buy coffee for my car room tomorrow, but yeah, we'll also get dinner tonight. And I thought, look, they're very different people. They're three totally different people. As an ENFJ, I always tell my daughter, I wanna be like you because I'm not NF in any way and I'm not J in any way. And J is a very good thing because they're structured and they're disciplined. I'm like, old, like my oldest, okay? They really do have an inherent ability to do the right thing. And I, I really do appreciate that they forgive me. They forgave me as I was failing as a mother. Look, yes, a man works from son to son, but a woman's work is never done. Cooking, cleaning paying bills, tending to them, watching them. You know what? There was actually a job that I had where I was making a lot of money and sending my kids to daycare. And I was like, wait a minute. This is ridiculous. This daycare is taking up 75% of my take-home pay. So I'm away from them in order to get a little bit of cash? No. And I always tell people, when, the, when I tell people the story about the money and they say, yeah, the blessing was the money I said no the blessing was the little person who got my head back on straight by taking me out of the situation okay yeah you put you put spiritual things first and, and things will happen but family family is first and I said to my husband I said look yeah I have a good job the bottom line even only taking home a small percentage of my pay but I'm missing out on my kids and I'm sending them to a place they don't raise them OK, they take care of them to shut them up. They feed them and they wipe them when they're dirty. My kids were coming home as different people. And I said, absolutely not. Your kids will teach you what life is about. Your kids will show you who you truly are. Your kids will force you to think outside the box. They will get to you in a place where they can look at you and say something. that No one else could say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They'll say, they'll say jokes that other people said and they're funnier. They're funnier because you love them and you give to them and they give to you in that they make you a better person. They force you to do the right thing. Even if you do it wrong, they'll forgive you. And I always tell people, look, when I, I profile each of my kids, yeah, they're so completely different. I raised them in completely different ways. One of the examples I like to use now that you know a little bit about kind of who they are as people. The, the problem child, the middle one, very independent, very strong, very confident in what he does, and very successful. And he was actually the lowest maintenance one for me it's because I was so much like him. Yeah. And he's so much like his dad that every time he would do something that reminded me of his dad or was like almost parallel to a story that his father told me, I was like, yeah, see, that was a little shot in the arm that I needed to keep going. I, I say to parents, you need to raise three different children in three very different ways one one example if um the matches okay if my oldest one at the age of five came to me and said mom can i play with the matches as an esfj i would know to say to him okay you have my attention you're very upset about something what what do i need to do to take care of that anger going on inside of you he would never light the house on fire if ever i lit a match he was there right? Supervising me, okay? And, and maintaining my discipline. And I'm like, okay, honey, see, I'm, I'm doing it right, okay? He's like, okay, mom, doing a good job. If he ever said, I'm going to play with the matches, it's, I'm going to burn the house down. I'm giving you a heads up. And if you don't stop me from burning the house down, you're doing a bad job as a mother. So I knew that when he said, I'm going to burn the house down, it was really about what's going on. We need to deal with something that you're not doing very well. Okay, you know what, I appreciated that. about If my daughter, okay, the ENFJ So, mom, can I play with the matches? She doesn't wanna hurt anything ever and she doesn't like fire. What that would be is, mom, I I need to talk to you about this person that I'm with. They wanna play with matches probably, I don't want to. Can Can you say no to me so I can say no to them? Okay, I'd say, bring me your friend we're going to go ahead and have a talk about why fire is not a good thing to play with. Well, you know what? My middle son, my ISTP, he said, mom, can I play with the matches? I'd say, is your room clean? Yeah, I got a lot of flack for that. And half the time, the answer would be no, it's not. And I'd say, then the answer is no, and you know. But there were times when we would burn things together, and we would talk, and he would have experiences, physical experiences that were not like other children because he's only one to 2% of the human population. Yeah, that's okay too. I would say to people, my oldest son is my favorite, like my favorite movie. I could watch it over and over and over again and get something out of it different each time. Yeah, my middle son is like my favorite song that I listen to and it gets to me in a place that no one will ever know and that no one will ever understand. And you can't put a value on that and you can't describe it. Yeah, and you know what? My daughter, she's like my favorite food. I actually do need her in a way. And she tastes really good. It's a good sensory experience and a very fulfilling one. So when someone asks me, well, who's your favorite child? They're all my favorite in a different way for different reasons, right? Do you know who you are as a person first? That's the only way you're gonna be good as a parent. But you know what? They are people and they're amazing and they're strong and they're special. They're invaluable and they are who the world is gonna be. Well, people say, well, if you're not ready for kids, don't have kids. Well, you know what they happen, they do. And there is an expression, it takes a community. Yeah, it does take a community. It took a congregation to help me out. When we lost a very important woman in our congregation, she died, it actually hurt my kids a lot. It hurt just as much as if it had been a family member because our congregation was our family. When I saw that, I learned something about life and relationships too. Synergy is what we create when we come together. As a parent, you come together with your child. There is no neutral energy. If you are not positive, you are negative. Another principle I teach people, if you're not contributing to the solution, you are propelling the problem. That's true with kids too. Think about your synergy. What do you create when you come together with people in life? My show is going to be video from now on. I'm letting all of my viewers and listeners know that. Thank you so much for appreciating the power of synergy in your life. Look at children as people. Do things in your life differently. You're changing the world with everything you do. I'm Gabrielle Cardona. This is BBS Radio and the power of synergy.